This morning we're going to talk about prayer, and I hope this passage and this message will do three things. I want it to comfort us, I want it to compel us to pray, and I want it to call us to pray. George Herbert said this about prayer. He said, prayer is the church's banquet. Prayer is the church's banquet. If you've been to a good banquet, you, you show up and there's just plenty of food. I mean, it's just overwhelming how much food there is. You can't stop the food from coming at a good banquet. That's how we as believers should look at prayer. It's the church's banquet. It's our banquet where God's saying, I want to give you what you need. I want to sustain you. I'm here for you. And this is the way I've arranged it. And it is through prayer. Prayer is the banquet for us. Prayer is, first of all, about God. And prayer basically is prayer is talking to God. And in that talking to God, prayer matters. Those are all the things that we could easily pull out of the first few verses of Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. But here is the disciples coming up to Jesus, and they want to learn how to pray. And maybe you'd say, I would like to be able to watch Jesus pray. That'd be awesome to see Jesus pray, actually a real person pray. When I pray, it seems very not, just doesn't seem like God is there. There's a man I met, his name is Daniel. We were on a, a camp board together, and he was a Vietnam, Vietnamese um, man, born in Vietnam. Uh, during the Vietnam War, the Americans, uh, we, we used him. He was kind of a, he helped us. He was on our side. And so he would come serve um, with the Americans during the Vietnam War, and then Served for a few months, then he'd leave, go back to his part of Vietnam, go back home. Um, and one day he said he was uh, out scouting for the Americans, out uh, ahead of everybody else. Um, and the bad guys were coming. He heard them coming, and he had no place to go. So he buried himself literally on the side of the road with a bunch of leaves, he said. And I'm sitting there listening to him telling me this story. And he goes, I just covered myself with leaves. I held my breath. And then he goes, I could see them as they walked past me. I said, well... How close were you? And I was standing, he was here, and I was basically here. And he goes, this close. He goes, I could see the whites of their eyes. I could hear them. And he goes, but he was a Christian. And he goes, I prayed that God would cover me. And he goes, Paul, when I prayed that God would cover me, I felt, he said, like Jesus was literally right next to me when he prayed. That's the experience of prayer that we would all want. But it's not often the experience that we all have. But that's the experience of prayer that we can have, that we should desire to have. We, we should desire to pray that much. So when we pray, it's like Jesus is right there with us. That's what Jesus is telling his disciples. So this morning I want us to look real quickly at four things to encourage us. What drives us to pray? what we need to believe when it comes to prayer, what we need to fight for in prayer, and then what we need to do as we pray. What drives us to prayer? The apostles, these guys were Jesus' disciples. They hung around him all the time, and it says, now Jesus was praying in a certain place. So they'd been with him. They're watching him do this. It wasn't like it's something he talked about. They watched him pray, and by watching Jesus, they said, that's something that I want. I want to be able to pray like that. So they asked him, hey, Jesus, tell us to pray. And I think to sweeten up the deal, they said, hey, John the Baptist taught his disciples to pray. So the least you could do is teach us to pray. And so Jesus says, I will, he says, when you pray, Pray this way. They want to pray. 
These are believers, all of them but one. But they see something in Jesus' life that they've been, they've been called by Jesus. They've been drawn to Jesus. They're his followers. These aren't people that don't want to follow God. These are, for 99% of them, there are, they want to follow what Jesus has for them. That's Christian prayer. When we pray, it's us wanting to say, we, we want to be able to pray like that. So that when Jesus prayed, things happened. Prayers were answered. They saw that took place and said, we want that. And so Jesus teaches them how to pray. And then he gives them an illustration, a parable, which has a, just an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. He says, listen, this is what it's like. Pray the Lord's Prayer. This is how you should pray. Here's the format. You can do it this way. You don't have to pray these exact words, but this is the guide to prayer. And then Jesus says, hey, while I'm teaching you, this is, know this about God when it comes to prayer. He says, which of you had a, had a friend who needed something? And he comes to his house and needing bread, and you wouldn't ask for it. We would do that. The thing that drives us to pray, or that should drive us to pray is our need. Our weakness and our helplessness is what drives us to pray. You are not going to pray in 2015 if you think you can do it all yourself. If you think you can figure out your situations by yourself, you're not going to pray. Prayer ultimately is because I recognize that I have a need, that I can't fix it on my own. And that's the problem. We often think, well, I can handle this. I, I have had many people in the last few years tell me, hey, when I say, hey, can I pray for you? And it shocks me every single time they say, no, I'm good. Really? I'm never that good. When someone asks for me to pray, you can pray for me. It amazes me. They'll say, no, don't pray for me. Save it for somebody else who really needs it. Are you kidding me? We all need prayer. And we will not be praying people unless we see ourselves as needy and weak and helpless. That's really where prayer comes in. This is a banquet that God is offering us in prayer. And hungry people come to banquets. And hungry people and weak people pray. And until you see that I I can't just figure out this life on my own, I need help, that's when prayer really begins. But for some of us, when it really gets tough, we all say, well, I don't feel like praying anymore. Because God's not working anymore. I can't pray because it's getting really, really difficult, which is why the ultimate prayer of grace is what we need. The ultimate, just a prayer of grace. It's not flattering much of words. It's not saying everything perfectly. It is just this need of help. Someone said, and I love this prayer, a prayer, the simple prayer of grace is saying, God, I am so upset. I don't know what to do. The situation is beyond me. And if you don't do something about this, nobody will. And I can't. Please, dear God, help me. For Christ's sake, amen. That is prayer at its truest form. When we are just absolutely weak and we see our need, we see that we can't fix it on our own, and that should drive us to prayer. So when you're weak, or when you're hurting, or when you're helpless, and you don't know how to fix it, that's the time to go to prayer. That's a good place to be, because then you can pray. This is what Jesus said. When I'm talking about prayer, a guy needs some food. He's got to feed his family. And so he goes. He's willing to go 
and prayer. What drives us to prayer is our need. And really, that's the core of prayer. It's talking to God and saying, God, I can't do this, and I need your help, because I know that you can. Because I'm weak, and I'm helpless. But what do we need to believe to be able to do that? We've got to believe that God cares, that he really cares about us. There's a lot of people who say, you know, God just started this world, and it just he doesn't, it's just happening. And so the things just happen to us. It's just the way life is. Life's difficult for all of us. It's a tough situation. God, he's up there, but does, I'm not sure he really cares about my situation. And Jesus said when he taught his disciples to pray in this passage, he, he says God cares. He gave them the Lord's prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. Lead us not into temptation. Those are real life situations. That's everyday stuff that we need. God cares. And one of the ways we know that God cares is because he gave us prayer. We, we all want to be validated. We all want to somebody to look at us and say, yeah, you're right. The, the situation you go through is real. You're, you're existing that's really happening. We, we all need validation. We all desire that. Every man in this room craves it. We all, we all want to be validated. And the way that God validates humanity is saying, listen, I'm going to give you prayer. Because what you pray for, I care about. So one of the ways that God validates humanity is saying, I'm offering you this gift of prayer so that you can pray to me. So when I hear your needs, I'm concerned about them, and I'm going to come, and I want to help you. That's validation that the God of the universe, who doesn't have to care, God doesn't owe us anything. He's under no obligation whatsoever to give us anything. But he validates us because he loves us, and he says, you know, I'm going to offer you prayer. I'm going to give you the gift of prayer, the banquet of prayer. So when you pray, that thing that you are really bugged about on Tuesday, I care about that. That struggle you're dealing with, I care about that. And you have to believe that if you're going to pray. pray. You have to believe that when God says he cares, he cares. And he says it all through the Psalms. Prayer is everywhere. Through the Psalms. If God didn't want us to pray, He wouldn't have put it all over Scripture. Psalms 55, 16 through 19 says this But I call to God, and the Lord will save me. Evening and morning and at noon, I utter my complaint and moan, and He hears my voice. He redeems my soul in safety for the battle that I wage, for many are arrayed against me. God will give ear and humble them. He, he who is enthroned from of old, because they do not change and they do not fear God. God hears every little complaint, every little groan that we pray to him. So praying and asking God for prayer is not a sign of weakness. It is actually the sign of a warrior. Because you're saying, I believe what God says is true. And he's offered me prayer. I'm going to use what he's given me because God cares about me. We have to believe that. And we have to believe that God hears us, which is what it, this says in Luke 11, that God hears us when we pray. Even if we don't feel it sometimes, the Bible says that God hears us when he prays, because it says in verse 4, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. God hears what we're going through. He knows what we're going through, and he hears the prayers of sinners, not just perfectly holy people. 
You say, well, my, my life is not completely perfect. It's not exactly the way it should be. So I, I, God can't hear me because I, I'm not living exactly right. So God's not going to hear my prayers. God says sinners are the ones who pray to him. He hears sinners when they pray. And he says, so pray that I'll for, confess your sins and I will forgive you. And then in verse 13, he talks about how this person who has asked him, he, he hears the prayers of sinful fathers even. even he, he's better than even a sinful person. We who are sinful know how to give gifts to our fathers and if our children. If God knows that, He's better than that, and he takes and hears the prayers of children. What you need to believe is that God cares when you pray, and he hears you when you pray. Because he's talking to people who want to pray, who want to be followers of Jesus. He's talking to his disciples who, are, who aren't trying to figure out a scam. They just want to be able to learn how to pray. God hears and God cares. But what do we need to fight for then when it comes to prayer. If we can believe that God cares, because he said he does, and he hears us, even sinners, he's willing to hear the prayers of sinners, then when we have this gift of prayer, this banquet before us, how do we get it? What do we need to fight for when we pray? When we pray, the thing we have to fight against is our, lo- our, our lack of focus. Jesus has given an example here of a guy who comes to this person's house. In, the middle, in, the, in this culture, in the Middle East back then, he, he's coming to this neighbor's house. If you don't have bread to share with a visitor, you are shamed. And even so much so that if a person came into a vi- village, an unexpected guest, and that person could not uh, share the food with him, had nothing to give him, not only was that family shamed, but the whole community would be shamed. That, that whole town would be shamed if this guy could not provide for him. So he has a friend show up unexpectedly and say, hey, I don't have any food. I didn't know he was coming. So he goes to his other friend's house in the middle of the night and starts knocking on the door. And back then, they all sleep in the same room. So the kids were all in there to get up. They would wake everybody up. Everybody's finally got settled down. And his, the person's just knocking on the door. I need some bread. Let me in. Let me in. And the friend inside is not going to do it, just out of friendship. He's not going to do it. But he does do it because the friend kept knocking and kept knocking and kept knocking and kept asking and kept asking. He didn't really want to do it, but he did it because his friend kept asking. And Jesus isn't comparing, saying, this is how God works. He's contrasting how God's work. He's saying, listen, here's how a sinful friend who doesn't even want to get up for you, this is what your sinful friend will do for you. After you annoy him long enough, he'll get up and do something for you. Well, God's not like that at all. God is willing to give you what you need. Just keep asking, he says. So he says, ask, seek, and find. And really, literally, it is keep asking, keep seeking, keep finding. What you need to fight for in prayer is your focus. A lot of the things that you may have prayed for in 2014, you desired it, you prayed once, you thought, well, God didn't answer that, and you were done. That's not how God tells us to pray. God says, keep praying, keep asking, keep asking, keep asking, persevere in prayer. Don't get frustrated when God doesn't answer your prayer the first time. 
Even your own human friends aren't going to answer your door the first time. I've had some of my best friends come in, and I'm like, I'm all, all cozy and comfortable and laid back and relaxed, and I'm like, oh, man, I don't even want to see them right now. Just, boys, go to the door. Uh, tell them I'm not here. And these are my good friends. If we do that to people, God says, I don't do that to people, but I want you to ask. So just keep asking. I will answer. Keep, ans- keep asking. Keep persevering. So we've got to fight through this lack of focus. We start praying over here. We got the computer over here. We start to pray, and all of a sudden, someone puts a little video of a cat on Facebook, and, oh, that's interesting. And then we got to figure out how old we are, um, how long we're going to live, and do that quiz for a while. And then we go over here and see which uh, character from Disney we are. And then we're like, oh, my prayer time's over. And we've completely lost our focus in prayer. But we'll do all that on Facebook. And we're like, well, why doesn't God answer my prayer? Because we haven't kept asking. He says, keep asking, keep seeking, keep praying. But because he cares, and that's what we need to fight for. Fight for our focus. And then we have to fight that we don't fear the Father's hand. When this character goes to his friend's house and knocks and knocks and knocks and knocks, he's in desperate need that he doesn't want to be shamed. He's weak and he's needy, and he knows he can't supply food for his friends that showed up at his house. He is desperate, and he is not afraid to knock, knock, knock until his friend gives him what he needs. And we also cannot be afraid or fear the Father's hand when we pray, and pray, and pray, and ask God to give us what we need, not always what we want Because Ephesians 3 says what we need most is to know the love of God. And pray. And say, even God, show me that you love me. Because I don't really know what's going on right now. I'm completely baffled by this circumstance. I'm totally confused. And this has been going on for a long time. When are you going to relent and let up on this pressure on me? But just keep going and going to God in prayer, knowing that God, you love me. You are for me, and you're working this out for my good some way. And not being afraid that God's against us, because he's not. God is absolutely for us. So what do we need to do? And I, I never use the word do here in a message. I never tell you what to do, but I couldn't get away from this word. Here's what I mean by do. If you think that you can do What you need done in 2015, even in prayer, it's not going to be accomplished. Because you can't do it in your own strength. We don't twist God's arm. We don't set up all these structures and say, now God, you have to act. That's not what I mean by do. What I mean by do is that we are doing this in somebody else's strength. Last week we had the uh, breakfast out here. And Chris Gomes and I, on Saturday, pushed that piano from back there out to here. And it was a, a lug of a piano to push. And when me and Br- uh, Chris got done doing it in our strength, we were done. Well, on Sunday when I pushed it back, Brad Coons was here, who's six foot 
pen. And I said, uh, hey, Brad, help me push this piano back in there. So Brad and Chris and me helped. And I did nothing. I carried the piano. I followed it all the way back to the back. Because Brad Coons is 6'10 and can pick up the piano better than I can. But I did it with him. I, I leaned on their strength. But I was still part of it. That's what I mean by do when it comes to prayer. We're not doing it in our own strength. We're doing it in Jesus' strength. And this is what we need to do when it comes to prayer. We need to do two things. We need to rest in Jesus' righteousness and in his interceding for you. We don't get to pray because we are sinless. We get to pray because we are saved sinners. We have been covered in Jesus' righteousness. So when God looks at us, if you're a follower of Christ, if God looks at you, he doesn't see you as a sinner anymore. He sees you as a saint. He sees you as unbelievably righteous. Not because of anything that you did, but all because of what Jesus Christ did for you. You are absolutely covered. God delights over you. Every single day as a Christian, Jesus and God delights over you. And then Romans 8 says that Jesus is interceding for you when you don't know how to pray. When all you can do is groan, and you can't even express it in words, and even if you could, you'd think nobody would understand what I'm going through. How can I say this to get any help? Romans 8 says that Jesus hears those groanings, and he takes them, and he transforms them to the Father in such a way that then God gives us everything that we need perfectly. So we need to rest in Jesus' righteousness. Then we need to rally as individuals and as a church in prayer. Because of all this, we can come boldly to the throne of grace. I mean, it is a, the greatest gift you could possibly get outside of your salvation is that God says, you can pray to me. When you're struggling, you can pray to me. It baffles me. When I don't do it right away, and when I hear somebody else say to me, oh, that's a great idea, I didn't think about that. I wish I had started there. Well, as Christians, we should always start there. We can't do this on our own. So the Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace. Ask for the Holy Spirit to help, Jesus says. The Father wants to give you the Holy Spirit. He wants to give you. If a bad father is not going to give his sons, a sinful father is not going to give his sons something bad for them, imagine what the best father is going to do for you. And he says, if you ask the Holy Spirit, I will give him to you. I will do that for you. I want to do this for you. So we need to rally behind that. You say, I don't really feel this right now spiritually. I'm really struggling spiritually. I'm not doing too well. I'm not really sure what I should do. So this is what I encourage you to do is get a partner to pray together in. Find a prayer partner. I'm doing this this afternoon. There are things in my heart that I'm just trying to figure out. And so what I'm going to do this afternoon, I encourage you to do, I am emailing by midnight tonight uh, five of my friends, and I'm going to write to them exactly what I think I think is going on in my life. And I'm going to say, will you pray for me every day for 30 days about these things? Because I need your help. And they're going to do it because they're good friends. I'd encourage you to do that. Say, I, I, I'm struggling. Well, find somebody to partner with you and pray and email. And say, hey, just pray for me every day for 30 days about this one thing. 
Because I don't really have any friends that would do that. Well, you need to get some good friends. Maybe that's your prayer to start out with. Find friends that will pray for you for 30 days. But partner together with somebody in prayer. Read a good book on prayer this year. Just say, I'm going to take one book and I'll spend the whole year just learning and growing in prayer. Just learn and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help you pray. And then surrender to God's plan, purpose, and will. When we pray, we don't know that God's going to give us exactly what we want. But he will always give us what we need, it says in Romans chapter 8. And we have to believe that. So we have to surrender to God's plan, his purpose, and his will. That the Holy Spirit is going to work in our lives. Because God's a good father. He's not like the father in this parable. He's not like this neighbor in this parable. He's the complete opposite of that thing. You knock at Jesus' door, and he says, I want to hear from you. I want to come in. I want to supply your needs. But you have to see that you're desperate. You have to see that you're needy, and you have to see there's nothing you can do about it. Thursday night, I went to, with Tom to watch the movie The Hobbit, the last Hobbit series, and it starts out where the dragon has been released. And he's flying over to this, and he breathes out fire, and he's flying over this lake town. It's just getting destroyed by fire everywhere. I mean, this place is getting demolished completely. And there's a dad and some kids struggling to get through, and they're all struggling to the town. There's fire everywhere. It's just total chaos, and this dragon swooping down, trying to kill people. And the, the father makes it up to the highest point in the tower, and he's got a bow and arrow, and he's shooting at the dragon, shooting at the dragon. Nothing stopping the dragon. Just chaos is everywhere. Well, his son happens to see him on the tower, and he runs up to the tower. He finds an arrow that might work, and he gives it to his dad, and his dad goes to pick up his bow, but his bow's been broken. I mean, there's just chaos everywhere. Bodies, blood, uh, no blood, but there's fire. It's a mess. Desperate. The the boy's desperate. If his dad doesn't save the day, nothing's going to happen. We're all going to be destroyed. It's It's a mess. The dad goes to pick up his bow. He can't, his bow's broke. And so he says, son, stand here. And he he has his son face him, and he puts the arrow on his shoulder. And they show the boy's face, and the whole time he's like this. He, he wants to look around. He, doesn't, he, he wants to figure out what to do, and he can't do nothing. And his dad says to me, stand still, son. Look at me, son. Look at me. And he shoots the arrow off his shoulder, right into the heart of the dragon. And the dragon's dead. That's what prayer is for us. It is us saying, I want to fix it, but I can't. And I am in need. And God says, just look at me, son. Just look at me, and I will fix it for you. That's prayer. Pour your heart out in prayer this year. And let God work. Because the greatest way that he showed us that's true, because he sent his son for us. He sent Jesus to rescue us in our sin, to give us our hope, so we can celebrate communion of what he did to conquer death, hell, pain, and that one day, all these things we pray for, all wrongs will be made right, and he will restore everything for his glory and our good.